it is a privilege to be here. I have um, missed being here, I guess, twice in the last month, which I really, really hate. Um, thank you guys for sitting on the front row. That's, a, that's an encouragement. Um, yeah. I still remember a while ago we had uh, someone visit, and he said, oh, are these reserved for somebody? Anyway, it's just, uh, they're, they're reserved for anybody. So, um, But yeah, t- let's see. I believe four weeks ago uh, we were... Four weeks ago? Yeah. We were at a worship weekend up in Pennsylvania, and that was a really beautiful time, um, powerful time. Um, Eric and Kate had invited us up, and it's pretty neat to be in Lancaster County and see um, the hunger and what God is doing, and um, had a good time. Just um, God is at work, and it's exciting. And then we were here one week, and then last week we were up in New York at a... um, Grace Church at ordination, and again, it's neat to to see that his kingdom's being built and see gifting being called out and ordination happening there, and um, I'm excited to be part of God's kingdom. I really, really am. Uh, one, one other thing I thought I'd mention, uh, Luke, you said in, in case no one heard about the marriage retreat, um, the thing that always amazes me, people say, oh, I didn't know I was invited, and it's like... Okay, anyway, so you're all invited. Well, if you're married, that is, I guess. So. Ah, sorry, Hayden. Anyway, um, we can work on that anyway. Um, but yeah, there's, there is still opportunity. So just uh, if you want to in, invest in your relationship with Jesus, and if you want to in, re, invest in your relationship with your spouse, it, it's going to be a, a powerful time together. This morning, I want to um, look at a couple familiar passages. It looks like it worked. I, um, I, was, I brought this along because I was scared that sometimes our technology doesn't work. So here, this is for the front row, and then the rest is it's for, the, for the rest of you. Um, how many people like to go to Goodwill? Do we have any people who go to Goodwill still? Okay, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't think that I ever... Had to wipe my eyes in a Goodwill before, but um, it was probably six, seven weeks ago, maybe eight weeks ago. Um, I just saw this picture hanging on the wall, and it was for sale, and I don't know. It was just something that God was doing in my life, and I just sat there, whew, and I'm like, man, i got to buy it now. Um, something about it spoke to me and uh, still speaks to me. So, yeah, by God's grace, I want to um, look at the story. In my mind, I actually thought there was one story of an alabaster box, but if you look into it a little more deeply, um, it seems pretty clear that there's actually two stories um, related to Jesus and the alabaster box uh, of ointment. So we'll look, um, we'll look in uh, Mark to start with. Uh, Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. Uh, this, this one, it, it, was, it happened in Bethany at the house of Simon a leper. And then there's another one in, in Luke 7, and that, that one is referred to, um, let me just make sure I get it right here. It's not, it's, it's, it is a, I believe it says it's a Pharisee. Yeah, one of the Pharisees. So most Bible scholars say it was two different uh, 
anointings with oil to, and also two different people. Uh, one, he, he was, uh, Jesus' feet were anointed, and the other one, his head was anointed. Uh, anyway, but we want to uh, take some lessons out of this. And, but before we get started, I wanted to, you know how it is as, as a kid, you hear something your whole life. I remember hearing Spike Nard, um, and I'm like, what is that? You know, just like, it's like, what did the wise men bring to Jesus? And you hear this, you know, frankincense and myrrh, what is that? Okay. Um, so I would like, if any, I would like to just pass this around. I guess this was a really amazing scent back in the day. And I want especially you children to smell it, all right? So just that can kind of just go around, and once it gets to the back, cross it over. That's spikenard. So that is, I'm going to say it's similar to what, was anoint, what, what um, this woman anointed Jesus' body with. Maybe we wouldn't say that smell is the most amazing uh, for us today, but... Um, I was actually amazed, even on Amazon, they had Spike Nard that was $2,300. Um, I didn't buy that one. I, uh, <laughs> I, I decided the, the knockoff will work. <laughs> but anyway, so clearly Spike Nard, even now, can have quite the value. But I just want to just think about that, a, a, a smell. Um, this was a very valuable, valuable thing as we look through this. So let's read um, Mark 14. Starting in verse 3, and while he, Jesus, was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at a table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But, when, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And that last verse um, always jumps out at me because I remember sharing this story several times in Ghana, maybe probably for the first time. And it was like, wow, the gospel is being told. And here I am sharing the story. Um, and here we are again today sharing this story. So, very familiar story. Um, this woman, uh, there's speculation, speculations on who she might be, but we don't really exactly perfectly know. Um, some people say Mary Magdalene, um, different, different speculations. But it says that there, a woman came with this alabaster flask and poured it over Jesus' head. And there's a beautiful picture that we see in that. Um, the picture that I put up is going to be the story that we read where she's pour a woman is pouring it over on his feet and washing his feet with her tears and with her hair. Um, 
But I wanted this story as well, just to, since it seems like there are two different um, alabaster flasks, or sometimes it says boxes, um, but it's, it's, it was a, a vessel or something that contained this very, very expensive, very priceless oil. And this woman came and poured it over Jesus' head. And of course, it's interesting to me to see how quickly people that were there wanted to condemn her or wanted to think that it was a waste what she was doing. And this morning, as we look at these verses, my heart is that God would speak to each one of our hearts, that God would speak something deeply to our hearts through these passages. You know, as we look this morning in each of our lives, I believe we all have an alabaster box. We all have something precious in our lives that God is wanting to use and that God is wanting us to pour out. So this morning, I want to encourage us as we go through this for us to open our heart and ask God, what is the alabaster box or flask that you want me to pour out? What is something valuable and precious that you are asking me to surrender, that you are asking me to pour out? Sometimes we talk about worship as something being poured out, and that is a part of it. Um, one thing that I can definitely see in my own life is there are times when God has me to surrender and pour something out in surrender to him, and it was a beautiful thing. But there's, the reality is life goes on, and then he puts his finger on something else. You know, for me as an 18-year-old young man to say, yes, Jesus, I surrender my entire finances to you. Touch my money. I'll give, you, I'll give it all to you, whatever. That meant something, and I meant it with all my heart. But now you jump ahead, and when I do that now, it's on a different level because it's not just me and my, you know, MTO sub at Sheets that I might have to give up. It's my wife. It's my family. And so it's, it's, it's a deeper level. And so I think many times maybe we feel like we pour out. Um, many times maybe we feel like we pour out something that God asks us to. We surrender. We give it to him. And then later on, he comes again and says, do you still love me? Are you still willing to surrender? Are you still willing to pour out? And the amazing part about both these stories is there was nothing, Jesus was not forcing the pouring out of this ointment. And I believe the exact same thing goes for us as believers today. God is not forcing us to break that alabaster box. He is not a taskmaster he loves when we can come and surrender and pour it out. It's a beautiful thing. He values the beautiful ointment in our lives, and he wants it to be poured out for him. We'll go ahead and read um, Luke 7. There's, it's in multiple places in the gospel, but we'll read this um, in, in Luke 7. Luke 7, uh, 38 says, One of the Pharisees asked him, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, 
And he, Jesus, went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at a table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at a table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to him, he said, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain nobleman had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to, then he turned towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven her, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to, the, to her, your sins are forgiven. We'll stop reading there. You know, when we look at this, I believe something that is way too common in my own life and for us as Christians is sometimes we forget what we have been forgiven. When we feel that God is asking us to walk in surrender, walk in devotion, walk in a, a pouring out in our lives toward, to him, I believe many times we don't... It, we don't really realize what we have been forgiven. And this morning, I want to lift that up. You know, if you only see a little of what you've been forgiven, or if you only feel a little of the magnitude of what Jesus has done for you, then probably you're going to love little. But I believe this morning God wants to give us a revelation of what he has actually done for us. The great love, the great mercy and grace that God has extended to us through Jesus' blood. And as we realize how awesome the salvation is, how great a debt we have been forgiven, then it becomes easy for us to just pour out before him our lives in surrender. This morning, it's a glad surrender. It's not a forced thing. But I want to encourage us this morning to allow God to Reveal to us again this morning how great a debt we have been forgiven. You know, it's interesting to me that this woman came and everybody who was in this house and even the town, because it says, you know, she, she was or a woman in the city. So in this city, everyone knew she was a sinner. My question is, 
I believe everybody at that table were sinners. Every one of them, including this Pharisee, whoever he thought he was. You know, I kind of get the feeling of he thought he, was, he had it all together. They were all sinners in need of a savior. We don't know what this woman had done, but clearly somehow the whole city knew her as a sinful woman. And many of the religious people, I'm sure, were happy to put that title on this woman. She's a sinner. And even the Pharisees thinking, Jesus is allowing a sinful woman to touch his feet. You know, and there was condemnation to Jesus. But that's not Jesus. That's not how Jesus was looking at her. He knew what he was going to do. He knew that he was going to forgive that her sin. He knew that she was going to walk out in faith, after she, it says, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Jesus knew what he was going to do. And the reality is, I believe this woman received a greater transformation in her life than many other people there because they didn't think they needed a savior. They didn't think that they were sinners. They thought they kind of had it all together. Um, you know, I picture this Pharisee inviting Jesus to his table and Everything was nicely spread, and, and the Pharisees thinking, look at me. Look at what I'm doing, you know. Um, it was very much of a works-based uh, salvation, or, or that's, that was their mentality. Like, if I do enough good, so I've invited the teacher, and he's at my house for lunch, you know, what more? But Jesus says, you know, you don't even know what you, what you need forgiven of, and I think this morning when we look at these two debtors, I don't really, I, I think it doesn't really matter this morning if we owe, you know, one owed 500 and the other 50, the reality is we are all debtors. And so we find ourselves in need of forgiveness. And I do believe that as we realize the fact that we are debtors and the fact that we need a savior, then a natural response is going to be a life that is poured out in devotion to Christ, a life that is poured out and that nothing is too much for us to pour out on Jesus. This morning, I think many times as believers, it's easy for us to kind of try to balance things like these two debtors in the story that Jesus told. And we view people and think, well, this person owes 200 and that person, oh my word, look at where they came from. They definitely would be you know, would owe 500 or whatever it might be. But the reality is the ground is level at the foot of the cross and we all owe a debt that we cannot pay. So this morning, as we think about these two women and the way they poured out something valuable, this morning my prayer is that we would realize what God has done, but also... Before God this morning, ask him, what is it that he's asking me to pour out? You know, this alabaster box or this alabaster little jar, it's small. I don't know what it looked like when the woman poured out on Jesus' feet. I would hope that it was more than this because it sounded like this was quite a process. But either way, Jesus valued what she poured out. And it was her glad surrender that Jesus honored both these women for. The one, it was on his head, and this one, it was on his feet. I believe that this morning, 
one of the stories that I, I think about when I, when I think about this story is um, David in the Old Testament when he was thirsty and they went, some of his mighty men, the soldiers, they broke through and went and got him a drink. I believe it was from Bethlehem's well. And, and he came, they, he, the men brought this drink back and David's like, okay. And he pours it out on the ground. I remember as a kid, every time hearing that story being like, what, in, what is wrong with you, David? These guys, like, you're thirsty. I mean, if, someone, if, someone, if I'm thirsty and someone goes to great lengths to get me water, and I'm like, oh, just pour it out. I'm like, it, it made no sense to me as a child growing up. I remember just thinking, being like, David, you, that was whack. Like, why did you do that? But I honestly think maybe it makes a little more sense to me now because, again, it was, he was pouring it out. It wasn't just, I'm not going to drink now. He was still thirsty, but he was pouring it out to the Lord. And so, you know, maybe it actually does make a little more sense. This morning, I want to encourage us. I don't know what God is asking you, what area of surrender he is wanting you to walk in. I don't know what area of forgiveness you need, in, in what area you need forgiveness this morning. But I believe that God wants us to come in surrender and just, just pour it out. He already knows. And the other thing that's important in this is don't bring something to God that doesn't cost you anything. This, these women were honored for what they did. And it wasn't just because of the action, but it also was it, they, they poured out. In the first story we read, it was possibly a year of, of money. Like, so I can't imagine if, you know, take it, take it today's money, you know, maybe a vial of ointment that costs, let's say, fifty or $70,000. Can you imagine that? A year of wage and you just pour it out. I think this morning, if I saw someone pour out something that costs $70,000, I would probably be a little shook, uh, you know, what for what hold on what, you, you just did what can we somehow get this up off the ground i mean does it still have some value it would probably shake me too but jesus honored these ladies for what they did and the way they gave their very very best and this morning i don't know exactly what your best looks like and this morning it's it's not that we're going to take up another offering today but I do believe that God desires our best. He is worthy of our very, very best. And many times we know who he is to some level, but due to our, our wanting to just not rock the boat, not wanting to do something that is extravagant, not wanting to do something out of our comfort zone, many times we don't actually offer him our very, very best. You know, I think about, there are many different postures, and I talk about this often, but I believe this morning, even in worship, if I came and wanted to offer Jesus my very best in worship this morning, how is that going to look? You know, for me personally, I know first off, I'm going to have to get my hands out of my pockets, right? Because if my hands are in my pockets, most likely I'm not going to be able to clap. Most likely I'm not going to be able to raise my hand. Most likely I'm not going to be able to do maybe a lot of things that God maybe would want me to do 
in my worship. Um, I was I was given a little a little nudge to to one of my children this morning because you know if you're at a certain height, the front of the bench is easy to go like this on. But when you're going like this, it's hard to sing. You know, you know, it just doesn't work too well. So I just hey, get your no, you shouldn't. You don't need to rest your chin on your hand. Anyway, um, mostly, how does it look for me to let go of my comfort and pour out my best before God? And that's in worship. But what about a life poured out? What does that look like for me? And here recently. I feel like God has been asking me to, to go to a few places that feel a little scary in my surrender to him. But he is worthy. How much do I really love him? It's easy to say, I love you, Jesus. It's easy to sing the songs that say, I, I surrender everything to you. There's nothing that is too great. But then how many times when... I actually have an opportunity to surrender. Is it easier just to kind of put my hands in my pockets and say, well, I'm sure that's not what Jesus meant. Um, maybe, maybe it is something where God, God puts his hand and he touches our money. And he says, hey. And it's like, well, um, I need all of that because, you know, Lord, you know the bills I have and everything. So, yeah. Um, Lord, if you bless me next year, maybe I can... Give some more, but, you, you know, that's kind of, we just got to keep what we have right now because I'm not sure how this is all going to work out. Um, it's so easy for us to make excuses. And I believe many times I have made excuses when Jesus wanted me to surrender something in my life, when he wanted me to just pour it out, maybe even just waste it. It doesn't have to make sense. But it is the surrender, it is that devotion of these two ladies that Jesus blessed them for. Again, in the first passage we read, he said, this that she has done, wherever the gospel goes, tell this story too. That's pretty crazy. Um, there's a lot of stories in the Bible that didn't have that attached to it. But I believe it was her devotion, it was her surrender, it was her willingness to just open her hands, and not hold anything and say, well, this, God, I, I need this. You know, I'm sure you're going to understand, Jesus. I, I would love to anoint your body for your burying, but, you know, I can't use this one because it's, that's the spikenard. That's the really, really precious one. Um, I, I think I got a cheaper one, you know, Lord, that I can, surely you'll understand. No, she poured out the most expensive that she had. And Jesus honored her surrender. Jesus honored her commitment. I don't know. Children, did you think it smelled good? Who thought it smelled good? Was it a little different smelling? Yeah. I, it's not, if I would want my wife to wear a perfume, I don't know if this would be my first choice. Um, I was told that spikenard comes um, kind of from a plant that's similar to honeysuckle, which when I heard that, I was like, Hmm, I'm still not quite, I'm not feeling it. Um, if you've ever been to our house, I love honeysuckle. I always have loved honeysuckle. 
And uh, it's, I guess it's supposed to be a little wild and you got to kind of keep it under control. But uh, it grows fast and it actually provides some, some privacy. So we've left it grow on the pool fence. And uh, I love the smell of it. I really, really do. So I don't know. This, this, I think our noses have changed. But anyway, somehow this was supposedly the scent that was the most beautiful fragrance. This morning... What is the fragrance of your life this morning? What is the fragrance that Jesus is desiring for you to pour out? You know, he is worthy this morning of all of our devotion. There is nothing that is too great to pour out before him. There is nothing too great to surrender to him. This woman, the second story, she came a sinner and left forgiven. I don't know how you came to church this morning. I trust most of you came already forgiven. Maybe there's something in your life, though, where you actually feel like you still need Jesus' forgiveness. And I want to encourage you, don't hide it. Don't try to act like it's not there. Just be honest. Say, yes, Jesus, I need your blood to wash this area of my life. I desire to experience your forgiveness, your healing. Just bring it out. Just pour it out. He already knows about it all. This woman came not trying to put on a show, not trying to act like she had it all together. Uh, this, this picture, a picture that I put up, we see that Jesus... She humbled herself. Uh, one of the other gospels talks about she was at his feet. Here it said she was standing, but I love the, the picture of her humbling herself and just coming. She didn't, need the, she didn't need to be the center of attention, but she knew that Jesus was the Savior. She knew that Jesus had the forgiveness that she needed, and she just wanted to, to pour, pour out this offering this ointment on Jesus' feet. Beautiful. Such a beautiful gift this woman gave to Jesus. What are we bringing this morning? What is it that God is desiring us to pour out at the feet of Jesus this morning? What is it that maybe you have even been pulling back and saying, this is too precious this is too sacred. I kind of think I need to hold on to this one. I want to encourage us to pour that out this morning. Many times we get focused on our life. We get focused on our programs. And we lose sight of true devotion to Jesus. You know, Jesus, when he came, he didn't come to establish another program he didn't come to, to start. Some people say he started a religion. I don't really like that. I don't think he did. He wanted relationship. He wanted, as, as, as in John 17, that we would be one, even as him and the Father are one, that there would be such a level of oneness that you couldn't separate us and, and Jesus. That was his desire, that there would be a oneness that we would know him, that, that love, that relationship. 
It's beautiful the way we can worship through song on a Sunday morning. It's beautiful the way we can pray on a Tuesday night or on a Thursday night or worship while we're in the shower on a Friday morning, whatever that looks like. But it's more than just words. It's a lifestyle. It is a life that is poured out. That is what he is worthy of in devotion to him. Are you willing to be a little crazy with the devotion to him? Are you willing to look a little crazy to other people the way these women looked to the people that were around Jesus? You know, it's possible to do all the right things, to say the right words, even preach a good sermon but it just becomes something that we do. And I'm all about God doing things through us and allowing the Holy Spirit to, like that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would come out of our lives. But it's not just about doing this morning. It's about being in his presence. It's about living lives that are poured out, that are a beautiful savor, devotion, surrender to Jesus. Not something that we have to do, but something that we get to do. Something that is a willing offering. And this morning, maybe there is something that God has been laying a finger on in your life. Something that he wants you to surrender. Something that you need to come and ask forgiveness for. And I want to encourage you to do that. But I also want to encourage you to count the cost. We've been encouraged to count the cost. And maybe you're not willing this morning to pour out something as valuable as what God is asking you to pour out. I think God sees your heart and there's no rush. But I want to encourage you, continue to count the cost. What is he asking you to pour out at his feet this morning? He wants to make us willing. He wants to enable us to walk in that level of surrender. And I believe this morning, as we count the cost, let's ponder again what we have been forgiven. Because he that is forgiven much loves much. So if it feels like too much this morning to surrender, to pour out for love of Jesus... Maybe we need to go back to the cross. Maybe we need to go and look at what we already have been forgiven and realize that we've been forgiven so, so much. Even pouring out something that cost us a year of wage is not too much because of what we have been forgiven. I want to encourage us this morning to allow the Holy Spirit to just shine his light in our hearts. And may we be willing to walk in humbleness and devotion. We often talk about saying a yes to Jesus. These women, you know, Jesus didn't even ask them. They just, they, their hearts were so 
There was so much devotion. There was so much love to Jesus. They just came willingly to do this, and that's beautiful. But I do believe many times God does ask us something specific, and then we have the opportunity to say yes to him and to pour out in surrender something that is valuable, something that is precious to us. This morning, I don't want us to think that, I want to encourage us that it's not, sometimes we have this thought that if, if, if we surrender, God's going to take the thing that we, you know, the, he's going to send us somewhere we never wanted to live or he's going to call us to do something that we never wanted to do. I believe that God doesn't just purposely do things just to hurt us, but he loves us walking in surrender. He loves us walking with a life that is poured out in surrender to him and in a life of worship to him, a lifestyle of worship. Maybe it's a song, but it's way more than a song. It is a lifestyle. Something that I think I've mentioned here, but one of the things that I feel like God has been putting his finger on in my own life in the last few months, and that is just success. You know, it's, it's one thing to surrender success as a 20-year-old young chap. It's another thing to surrender success at 41. It's deeper. It's more valuable. It's a little harder. But it's a beautiful thing when we pour out that that costs us something. He is worthy this morning of our lives poured out. He's worthy of us giving him our very best. This morning, maybe you feel like all you have is two mites, thinking of another story and a woman who gave it all. And Jesus also blessed and honored her. Maybe you think that you've given it all. And that's beautiful. I want to encourage you, if you feel like you have surrendered, just continue to walk and live with open hands. Willing to have a life that is poured out before him. It's beautiful. And he's worthy this morning. What is it that he's asking you to do? Maybe you feel like you don't have the talents, the ability to do what he's asking you to do. I think of Moses many times and the way God called Moses. And he said, well, I mean, God, yeah, you know my mouth. I can't talk. Uh, I get my tongue twisted up. I don't do good at big words. I don't know what all Moses said. Excuses. And I've had many excuses in my own life when God was asking me to surrender something to him. And I want to encourage you this morning to lay aside those excuses and just pour out what he's asking you to surrender to him this morning. You know, there was a number of years where my mouth, my abilities, 
maybe the fact that I said um more than I wanted to, hindered me from getting up front here and preaching. But as we walk in surrender, God helps us. He's going to walk with us. So this morning, don't limit yourself. Don't shortchange the surrender that God wants you to walk in. He's going to be there with us. I believe that as we walk in surrender, it is in those places that we find ourselves in a place like Moses did, where he was on holy ground. And he was there by the burning bush. And that was a powerful time, a, a powerful encounter with a living God that he had. He had other powerful times like that, Mount Sinai and other times in his life. But I do believe as we surrender and say yes to God, we find ourselves on holy ground. I don't know, but maybe some of us this morning need to take our shoes off as we pour out a surrender to him. Maybe this morning the fact, your excuses, maybe they're real. Maybe you do need all the money you have to pay your bills next week. Maybe you don't think you're an eloquent speaker. But are we willing to surrender? And are we willing to walk in that surrender? Are we willing to just pour out just for love of Jesus? And as we pour out, he's going to meet us. Maybe it's in forgiveness. Maybe it's going to be another level of outflow, anointing on our lives. You know, something that is really cool with the story of Moses and the burning bush is the fact that the burning bush, the bush did not burn up. They say in the desert, it's common to see a bush that got struck by lightning. Um, I've never been in 100% desert. I've been in sub, uh, sub-Sahara, but not 100% in the desert. But I guess that happens from time to time. So most likely Moses had seen other bushes on fire. But normally in the middle of the desert, if there's a bush on fire, after a brief period, the bush burns up and the fire goes out. It's done. There's nothing else around it, just sand, just a desert. But Moses was intrigued and he came to that bush because it was on fire and it continued on fire. And I believe that as we walk in surrender, there are going to be more and more things in our lives that don't make sense. There's going to be more and more things in our lives that other people are going to say, what's going on with that? Why is that bush not burned up? There are going to be things that are supernatural in our lives that don't make sense from a human perspective. And something even in my own life, even in my own finances, back to the wallet, is there have been many times where God did ask me and us as a couple to do something that didn't make sense and you couldn't calculate it. You could not figure it out on a calculator. But then you walk in it and all of a sudden you're like, how in the world did this work out? Um, I think specifically of, I think, four or five years ago where I knew I couldn't afford the first marriage retreat we ever went to. But we said, okay. And out of, not out of the blue, 
but it didn't make sense the way God came through. And we could have afforded three marriage retreats. Yeah, three times over. What's up with that? But we said a yes. And I don't know what your yes is supposed to look like this morning, but my prayer is that in our surrender, we would just allow, we, we wouldn't bring excuses. We wouldn't say we can't do what God is asking us to do, but we would just surrender and allow God to flow. And I believe that as we do that, there will be supernatural things in our lives that won't make sense. And people will be drawn to the fire. People will be drawn to Jesus through our lives, through that surrender. I want to bless the glad surrenders that each one of you have made. But I want to encourage you this morning. What is a surrender that Jesus is wanting you to make this morning? What is something that you can pour out? What is something that God wants you to break open? You know, we have, we have these amazing things called bottles that, you know, have screw caps and all those kind of things on them. And I'm told back in the day, a lot of times something as valuable as something like a spike nard, an ointment like this, it was so valuable that they kept it in something that was sealed and closed and they couldn't just open it and use a couple drops, maybe the way we would, but they had to break it. And I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to walk in surrender and are you willing to allow God to break you? To the level that we are willing to allow God to break us, to the, the level that we walk in surrender, I believe he's going to use us and that fire will be able to burn. This morning... I want to encourage us, as we listen to this song, just walk in surrender, walk in humility, and tell God yes. Whatever it is that he puts on your heart, you don't have to understand it all. Most of the time we don't, because if we could understand it, then we'd be like, oh yeah, okay, makes perfect sense. Maybe it's going to be a little extravagant. But I want to encourage us to just pour it out, whatever that looks like. 